right, folks, welcome back. This is uh, Ryan here, again with Jimmy, talking about cars and auctions. How are you today, Jimmy? I'm great. How are you doing? Fantastic, as always. <laughs> Excited to hear what auctions you've been looking at this week. I got a couple good ones here right off the bat. There's one that really uh, piqued my interest. It's the uh, 1959 Bocar XP5. Scrolling through, bring a trailer. This thing caught my eye right off the bat. It currently has two days left, sitting at 75K. Really, really cool looking car. It's a fiberglass bodied car, you know, low production. This one is Rangoon Red. It has a distinction of being the only one actually that has a uh, Ford 289 in it, which kind of appealed to me. What really scared me was when I saw it, it looked like the Mustang, the 65 Mustang in my garage and the twin cam had a baby. And this was the thing that was created from it. <laughs> but really cool looking thing. This one in particular had the chassis lengthened uh, 12 inches because the original owner was a taller guy. I, I can appreciate that. And then the third owner purchased it in 2015 and then spent $206,000 uh, refurbishing it to get it into a shape where they could participate in the Colorado Grand in 2017. Really, really cool car. It's worth a look and definitely worth reading the comment section. Also, in the comment section, there's a really cool link to a Popular Science Magazine article from 1961 that has the bow car in it, and that was a pretty cool little read, too. So I'd recommend just taking a look at that one. Really, really cool-looking car. Very in the spirit of very fast and very uh, dangerous, like cars were back in the day. So just really, really cool. Yeah, you, you talked about this early in the week with me, and I had a look at it. And I actually prefer the bow car that's been extended by one foot. It looks better than the original bow car, just the lines to my eye. But both cars are really cool. It seemed to iron out the lines a little bit, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't, hey, I wouldn't argue with, yeah, I wouldn't argue with the other bow cars either, for sure. Exactly. I'd drive either one of them. It's, it's a cool car. Yeah, definitely. Definitely want to see how that one ends up. Re really cool auction. The other one, uh, and I'll just make a quick thing of this. This just relates to the uh, Cyclone that we talked about before. On Bring a Trailer, and it, it's a new listing as of right now. There is a Cyclone-powered 1992 Chevy S10. It's maroon. It's a 4x4, 5-speed, and it, it's apparently got a uh, later chassis, a 1994 uh, ZR2 chassis. Just a really cool-looking mashup of Chevy S10 parts, more or less. But uh, definitely worth a look. Like I said, just got started, so it'll be interesting to see how that one turns out. That's crazy. They just took everything they could find and threw it at that Cyclone Hybrid? Something, yeah. Not in terms of hybrid motors, but no, in terms of... Yeah. like you're right. An, an amalgamation, if you will, of Chevy Here, parts. An amalgamation. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible word. Well yeah. done. Yes, agreed. So yeah, that, I'd take a look at that one. Uh, like I said, not, not a lot going on in the comments section right now because it just started, but definitely worth a peek and it'll be interesting to see where that one lands. So what about you? What are you looking at this week? Well, there's a couple on the website called Marked, Marked Auctions. They have a 79 Austin Mini Mark IV. It's got about a 1,000 cc engine, 998 cc inline four. What I found about this one I think is interesting in addition to the 79 Austin Mini, on the same site, they also have a 1974 Innocente Mini Cooper. It's a 1300. Italian model, yeah. It's exactly right. And I, I love these little cars, but I did not recognize this. But, you know, for the listener, 
the the original mini was produced out of britain by a company called british leyland due to the export costs these the italian manufacturer innocenti stepped in to produce the export version of the mini and that's how it ended up it's a little bit got a bigger motor in it a few hundred cc's more it looks similar except for the front and the rear hatch are a little bit different but i, I actually think the the innocenti is a better looking mini they're just great looking little tiny cars I've always thought I wanted one of these, but I don't know if I would dare drive this anywhere where I live. Too many people and too many crazy drivers. You'd have to be out. You'd, you'd get run over. Yeah. yeah, the Mini's one of the few cars that I, I can generally outrun in the MG. So that, yeah, they're little. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, I'm not, I'm not bragging. <laughs> that's not, that's <laughs> and not it, bragging. what, it, it's 6'4", 6'5", however tall you are, you probably can't get in that Mini, can you? You need to have the MG because there's no top on it. You know, they did that, what was that movie, The Italian Job? Yeah, Charlize Theron, the actress, Mm -hmm. they actually had to take out or they had to extend, I think, the front. I can't remember if they took it out or they extended the front seat so she could drive it. Really? Yeah. Well, I've always loved these. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I have to check it out. But I can't remember if they took it out and she's driving from the back seat or if they had to just extend the front seat back so she could actually drive it. And I think that if you owned one of these, you would have to drive it in that exact same fashion, the way she did in that movie. Which was nuts. Sliding yeah. sideways into parking spots, all kinds of fun things. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, this came across when I was running through the Bring a Trailer. There's a no reserve, one family owned 1985 Chrysler Laser Ooh. Turbo 5 speed. Uh, it's finished in a red color. The, the reason I, this caught my eye, and, and again, we've talked about this so many times, I believe the reason that you and I have such affinity for cars. There's a lot to do with stories behind the cars. I don't know, like if this came across and I hadn't had a history with a laser, I never would even give it a second look. When I was young, we were at a, a Chrysler dealership, you know, my mom and my brothers. She was looking at a new car and this was on the showroom floor, a red Chrysler laser, very similar. Uh, it was an automatic. And my older brother was about ready to get his driver's license and she asked him, you know, you're going to be driving soon. What would you rather drive? This kind of sporty car? I think she called it a sports car, but looking at it now, it's not a sports car. <laughs> or a family car. And he's like, I don't care. And I, my skin crawled because I wanted the sports car. So we ended up with a Chrysler New Yorker. You know, the same motor. Both of them they have that uh, crazy, awful electronic voice alert system. You know, it would tell you that your door is ajar. A bunch of different phrases. It's super annoying. It has a 2.2 liter turbocharged engine. And I have to tell you, one of the most gutless things that I've ever driven since <laughs> I've been alive. <laughs> there were several times we lived in a small town and just had, you know, stop signs, very few stop lights. And there was always a main road that went through and then the stop signs on the crossroads. And I remember being at a stop sign at the crossroad seeing a car coming and thinking I can make it and flooring it. I mean, pedal all the way to the floor and then hearing the sound of a small kitchen blender fire up and the car would just inch along so slow. You know, my brother would be screaming, you're going to get hit, you're going to get hit. And it wouldn't be until we crossed the street and about, you know, another hundred yards down, then the turbos would kick in and it would go, not quickly, but it would go much faster. (laughs) than it was and by that time we were all scared we thought we were going to get t-boned so crazy cars but that that chrysler new yorker we ended up having that for quite a few years and i remember i was probably about 12 we went to pick up some friends to 
go do something. I don't know what we were doing. And I was in the front seat, passenger seat. My mom was driving. And we stopped at this kid Quentin's house. And we were all hopping in the car. I got in the front seat and shut the door. And then there's all this racket and noise. And, you know, people are screaming, open your door, open your door. And I couldn't figure out what happened. So I just opened the door and I looked back and Quentin's fingers looked like a, one of those cartoon episodes. And his fingers looked like a set of stairs. They were just dented everywhere. And for some reason, this, this, this 12-year-old kid decides to grab the B pillar to get in the car. And I've thought about this for a long time. I'm really old now. That was a long time ago. I'm like, first off, it's really hard to grab a B pillar when you're getting in the back seat of a car. What does he have? Stretch Armstrong arms? With well, the doors in the way too, right? Yeah, the doors. Yeah, exactly. Of, the, I mean, yeah. the door—they don't open that wide. It's not like you have a door that opens at a ninety-degree angle. So he had to use some effort to reach in and grab the B pillar anyway. <laughs> but why? What? What? What does he need a handle for? He's twelve. This dude should have been doing parkour to get in the car. Why? <laughs> what does he need help for? You shouldn't be grabbing on anything. You're just dive in. You're twelve. You roll in. Yeah, so I've worried about that my whole life. Didn't break any fingers. They just looked real dented. And and remember, this it, it could have been bad because this was like in a day when the cars had full metal around the window frame and then the metal B-pillar. So he was like metal on metal. There was probably some sort of rubber gasketry in there, but... I mean, I'm I'm lucky we didn't sever all four of his fingers on uh, there. And the doors were much heavier too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And weird. They could have been so, padded, though. Who knows? That Chrysler had padding everywhere. The seats were... Is he a classical pianist now? <laughs> he would have been. He actually was a really good mus- musician. And also, he could break dance, which was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got any other auctions you're looking at, Jimmy? Yeah, one that kind of came and went. And I think it's pretty interesting. Of course, I'm going to say that because it's an MGA. It was a 1958 MGA, and it was 47 years owned. It ended up selling for $9,100, which is kind of low for an MGA, except that it was a you know a bit on the rougher side. But it drove, had older tires, it had some rust on it, uh, as they all invariably do to some extent in that state. But... You know, the thing that really, and I think that leads into really what we want to talk about today, I think the thing that really made this auction was the story behind it. And basically, the story behind it was the seller's wife got the car when she was in high school in 1968. He met her in college. They married in 1974. They drove the car until 1978. And as MGs typically do, they set in a garage. You know, this one set in a garage for 23 years. His wife passed away in 1998. This guy brought it out and rebuilt it in 2001, drove it less than 100 miles, put it back into storage for the next 20 years. So it spent the last, you know, it spent 40 years of that time in storage. The story is kind of interesting here. You know, it makes me wonder because that that car at $9,000 and the work it would take to get it to a, not a show car level, but just a really, really nice, presentable driver, solid driver, it's going to take a lot of money to do that. You'd be better off buying one in that condition. But I feel like, and I'm a sucker for stories, and I feel like the story really helped sell the car. And I think the person that bought it really kind of appreciated, had to have appreciated that and bought into the story 
just as much as the car. You know, that brings up, a, that's a good point. Again, I go back to the laser. The only reason that I even caught my eye is we almost bought one. And when I'm reading the comments of the laser here, the people that are bidding, they typically have had one of these when they were a teen or they loved them when they were a teen or their family had one or they had one that they drove into the ground. So that's the beautiful thing about cars is there is always a story and therefore generally someone will end up buying something like this laser. I don't know why else you would buy it except for the story. It's not a handsome car. <laughs> Same with maybe the PT cruisers that are low mile cars. You know, you have to love them and have a story behind it. Otherwise, why are you going to drive a PT cruiser around? It, it resonates, right? It resonates with them, right? right. Absolutely. Well, unlike that MGA, it, like I said, it, it was on the rough side, but boy, you know, looking at the pictures, I, I wouldn't hesitate to drive that, take it to the grocery store for a, pick something up real quick, whatever, just take a quick drive in it. Right. And so in your mind, you would say a story is worth a little bit more on a car that's maybe less valuable. Yeah. Knowing, in my opinion, knowing that story, you know, I might be more inclined to buy a car based on that because the story kind of resonates. Right. What about other things that might, like, you remember that there was a Seinfeld episode when George Costanza bought that Chrysler K-Car convertible and he was bragging to everybody that John, the actor John Voight had owned it. It turns out it was a, a different guy with the same name, but he, that's the only reason he bought the car is because he thought John Voight owned it. Do you think... I think celebrity owned cars. Yeah, for some people, right? Well, and I think who who owned it too, right? I think that would certainly fall into that category. I would definitely say celebrity. I would say with it, like with this MGA, I would say personal history, a personal history that's known and interesting, like that husband and wife meeting in the car, you know, her having the car, and then them, mm -hmm. you know, dating through college, and and the car kind of being a a part of that history. Certainly. So I would say personal history, known and interesting. Celebrity, definitely. Racing history. Right. You know, this car did this and that. And, and, you know, maybe there was some local track or maybe some of these other. Well, I will say we did see that uh, MGA that had raced at Sebring. Now, certainly interested in things at that level. Probably not as interested. Yeah, let, in let, me, let, me, let me pause you right here, Jimmy. Just so everybody knows, many years ago, I had a friend that had a bunch of MGAs. And this friend asked me to go to some random dude's house and pick up a hard top for an MGA. That was Jimmy, of course, if you didn't get that part of it. <laughs> Guilty. And so I pick up this hard top. Apparently, there was only like 1,100 in the whole entire planet for these MGAs. Stored it in my house until Jimmy could come and pick it up. And then when he came to pick it up, we went back to this gentleman's house. And he had an MGA in the garage uh, that had been raced at Sebring. And, I mean, it was fascinating to sit and listen to this older fellow talk about the history of the car. It made me want an MGA for the first time in my life. <laughs> so I, I, appreciate, I appreciated that, Jimmy. That was a, that was a good time. Well, th thank goodness you got over it quickly, right? <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luckily Yeah, because he kept talking, and then I got real bored. I remember at one point I had to leave the room and sit on the couch by myself. And I was not heaven, listening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That fascinated me, right? Like at that level. But I, but in the same sense, if it was just some local kind of thing, eh, probably I wouldn't be that interested in it. But that, yeah, that was certainly fascinating. Going back to the celebrity bit, I remember a few years ago, I, I'm looking all the time at 911s and I was really interested in finding a 996 Turbo. 
and I ran across a, a car that only had about 9,000 miles on it. It was a Baritz white color. It was absolutely beautiful, white over black. Interior, six-speed, 996 Turbo. It had actually been owned by Tiger Woods. And at the time, I mean, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I seem to remember it, it was about 20,000 more than the next car of, you know, a similar color combination, similar mileage. So I think the fact that Tiger Woods owned it, that one had a $20,000 premium on it. I'd have to really like Tiger Woods. and <laughs> Well, I guess it depends. You'd have to really like Tiger Woods and the color combination and everything else. Yeah. At that point, you are buying the Tiger Woods part of it, not maybe not so much the car, or not as much the car. Well, I mean, for the $20,000 premium, maybe you know, you'll pay that just to tell your friends. But that car was absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't, you didn't have that premium on it, I would have. I would have looked at it a little bit more heavily. I definitely think celebrity would play into it. The other thing about it a little bit more, too, I think a couple other things that would appeal to me, and this is just what over originality, you know, story-wise, I guess, would, would play into it, and, and or, or even in the absence of a story, you know, and that would be things that would maybe make you think of a story, like period modification, something done in period, and maybe you would prefer that over something original you know maybe not taking it back to original if it if it was modified like that back in the back in the day so to speak right that might be a thing that would would supersede the originality as well maybe not so much a story but maybe some kind of period right. accessory i don't have a good example but just that would be a thing that i would think of the last one that i thought of would be and maybe not so much a story necessarily any kind of upgrades or modifications that someone would do for the benefit of keeping the car roadworthy, you know, to mod modern specs. To your point, with the Mini that you wouldn't drive on the roads today for fear of getting run over. But, you know, maybe there'd be something that would be done to the engine to give it a little more push and the brakes so that it brakes faster, you know, that performs a little bit better in, in modern. And maybe there's some story behind that. When you think about those things, if you look at like the, the Mecham auto auctions, you know, they'll have original cars, but they also have resto mods. Yeah. That are, have been exactly what you said. And then, of course, there's this car company called Singer that takes an older 911, completely redoes it. That those things are selling for one and a half, you know, 1.2 to 1.5 million dollars for a 75, 80, 911 that they've redone. And they are absolutely works of art. Every bit of that car is unbelievably beautiful. Those cars do have stories behind them because I, now I might get this wrong. I might have to fact check myself later, but there was, a, I think it was on Petrolicious, and it was called the Indiana Car, and he bought a Singer. There's a video, you know, they did it when Petrolicious was really doing the videos kind of back in the day. Uh, he had a he had a Singer built Porsche, and it shows him driving through Metamora, which is just a couple hours away from here, kind of telling the backstory about the Porsche and everything, and they referred to it as the Indiana Car. Those. Mm. In the process of building those cars, they kind of take on a, a story, too, because they're custom-built for a person. Right. My experience with the twin cam, and that's kind of a story as well. You know, I didn't go with the original color on that, but the whole build was, you know, a story and an experience in and of itself, too. Not to compare that to the singer-level <laughs> restoration, but, I mean, I think that, you know, those things are stories in and of themselves, too. Right. And if you look at what's going on, many folks, not many, but there are quite a few people that are taking their 911s and putting them into safari cars. And now you can buy direct a Dakar lifted 
Carrera 4S and order it straight from Porsche if you can get an allocation for it. They're just bringing what people want. And that's what people want. They want to be able to do crazy stuff with their car. And if it comes from the factory build, it'll have some capabilities. Yeah, it's going from a backstory to kind of a, an option now, right? Yeah. So it's exactly. becoming, the story's becoming the car, more or less. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. interesting. And then they'll keep building them. Well, that's interesting stuff. If you have any thoughts or comments, send us an email at glwtapodcast at gmail.com. As always, we hope your auctions are going strong. Good luck with the auction. Hope your week is awesome. Any final words, Jimmy? Yeah, just wanted to let everybody know that I completed the repair on the rear <laughs> axle, and, and it is currently not leaking. And I completed that. Uh, I had to I had to create my own gasket, which was a lot of fun. And then I had to put a little gasket sealer on it to get it nice and sealed. So I wasn't able to get the fast curing stuff, so I had to wait to drive it the day after Thanksgiving. But I got to take it back out again and, and enjoy it. So all is well in the world again. Nice. The Welsh plug is in place. Welsh plug got put in. That was the last thing. Tap that baby right in there. Good to go. No leaks so far. I guess that's the MG statement. No leaks so far. <laughs> so far, yeah. Well, for everyone, good luck with the auction. And to Jimmy, good luck with the MGA. <laughs> you're going to need it. That's true. <laughs> Till next time. Till next time. Thanks for listening.